1: going on everybody and welcome back to another episode of no other pod unfortunately it's not a victory pod because of what happened in salt lake which we're gonna get into all that but we we have a great oh man yeah um we have a great exciting well you know just get the bad news out of the way first ah, Um, band-aid we we have a great exciting episode for you lined up today um do we pretty pretty exciting stuff you know we've been around for Oh gosh, almost almost two years coming up. Two years in September. Um, you know, we've been, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff on the pod, um, taking questions, um, trying to uh, to to listen to feedback and, and figure out what we can do to take the pod to the next level. And today, I am excited to announce we have our very first guest that we've ever had on so the cool. pod, and 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 we'll we'll get to an interview with him later. But we have Mark Rogandino, who is an LAFC broadcaster. Um, he he's been on Fox Soccer Channel. He's done EPL, uh, producing work. He, I mean, this guy used to play. Um, he, he he's he's legit. So we he's talked a keeper, to him for a few, ladies. He's a keeper, <laughs> on and off the field. Um, we, we we talked to him for a solid twenty minutes. So we'll 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 play that interview for you here in in, in a little
2: bit. That was um, so cool. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped for you guys to hear this. Yeah. Pretty darn cool, but don't you, fast forward. S- don't you fast forward? Don't you fucking fast forward? I didn't
1: oh, tell no. you when it is, so you gotta scrub, you're gonna scrub all the way through it if you want to hear it. But no, we don't want no scrubs. Yeah, no, no, no scrubs. Um, man, that's a callback. Um, sure is. Don't make me sing it. <laughs> well, you know, who's karaoke is <laughs> always a good thing. Um, <laughs> that's true. Anyway, um, so yeah, exciting stuff for for today. I don't think we have any new ratings or reviews to read this week, but um still leave them did you check so, already i don't even i did I,
2: I i forget sometimes man
1: it's okay i checked no new ones but hey leave a five star rating well, leave, a, leave a review um especially after this week let us know what you think of the interview in in a review um and 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 we'll uh maybe read it on air so
2: um but yeah i mean i think we've read I, about a hundred percent of them so you can almost <laughs> guarantee your your review gets read so do it absolutely
1: Um how how are uh before we jump into the depressing RSL
2: game, how's uh how are things over in the Coozer household? Things holding down the fort. Things are uh things are good. Things are real good. Uh I'll tell you, a lot of soccer going on, man. Yeah, it's it's the one time where I've actually been more excited about other soccer that is not SKC. And and that I'll even throw Gold Cup in there too, man. Like people advancing and tournaments and stuff the women doing big things going to their final now it's uh it's been fun there's no shortage of soccer to watch but i'm excited for this game tonight man i'm excited i, I got uh, i'm working from home so i could be with the dogs all day there you go and uh i'll be binging downton abbey because i watch <laughs> downton abbey now okay guys if you don't know oh my god what is what what have i missed out on this has been around for like nine years. And <laughs> yeah, I'm just I gonna say. Oh just man. now jumping in. It's fantastic, Jimmy. Don't do it to yourself. Don't it's not even a show that your boy Coos would want to watch. Like I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> but as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh shit, she got so sick and died after her pregnancy. Spoiler alert, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was I was just laughing because you're like, if you don't know, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, nine
2: years later, I'm sure most people probably do know. Um, well, when people were watching it, I was like, <laughs> what's the big idea? And then I heard there was a movie coming out, and I go to a lot of movies. If there's a movie that's been out, I've probably seen it. It's and true. I'm like, well, I can't go see this movie if I haven't seen the show. So now I'm 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 on I'm about to start season four. <laughs> oh my man, you what, started a week ago? I think, something don't, like don't that. Don't do that. Don't shame me. Don't <laughs> even. it. But yeah, something like that. Uh, well, there you go. Hey, fun. man, if you like it, you like it. I'm not going to judge you. So, can't even, I can't even help myself. Own. I've been talking like that. I've been talking all British at, at home. And my wife's like, go outside. You're done. Go outside. <laughs> She's tra- treating me like the dog. So now I go to the bathroom outside. Oh, man. As long as you weren't, weren't uh, rooting for uh, England in this... Uh, women's world cup game man definitely did not do that but you turned me on to a soccer website where i did buy an england polo so yeah let me tell you if you guys have not
1: found classic football shirts the website uh rest in peace your bank account because
2: it's amazing what did you do to me (laughs) i I bought an ireland polo too because i i did an ancestry dna test so i just decided i'm gonna be a fan of every national team that i am so go. I'm like, I'm a little Irish. I'm going to get an Ireland shirt. I'm English. I'm getting an England shirt. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think it's technically classicfootballshirts.co.uk, I want to say is the, the URL. They're from yeah. England. So you'll see the the the, the price in pounds. It's going to be a little confusing, but um, I've bought a bunch of stuff from there.
2: Foreign transaction you, fees. Make sure you got a card that doesn't charge them.
3: Yeah.
1: But man, you can I get some freaking amazing deals on there i mean they got some used stuff that's hard to find they got some new stuff that's class i mean i got a brand new 2013 2014 roma away shirt for 10 bucks
2: never worn bro i about bought a scotland pair of shorts scotland shorts like that they wear in the games (laughs) and my wife when would you wear those and i was like i was like i don't i don't know when i'd wear them i work out maybe i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's too good of a deal when I'm playing soccer and running fast, I don't know. Yeah. So, my apologies to Marissa Couser, uh because. Oh, my God. She's so mad at you. <laughs> it's She's a, like, how much money are you spending right now? I was like, I don't know. It's not in English. <laughs> we'll find out I when mean, we get the not, bill. <laughs> it's, it's not in dollars. I don't know. Um, they occasionally, if you're ever
1: in New York City, I don't know why you would be, but if you are ever in New York City, they occasionally do a pop up shop in New York City. So, you know. What? You, yeah. It's, it's legit. So,
2: get right out of town.
1: That's cool. Well, there you go. Now that we've told everybody to spend all their money, um, now that we've burned
2: half this podcast, let's go to the interview. No. <laughs> yeah let's let's talk RSL, and we don't have to spend that much time on it because none of us want to. Ah, fuck um, this, dude. Why do they? Why are they so obsessed with us? Why do they hate us so much? Benny ruined it. Yeah, I, I don't know.
1: It is funny. they uh, Their fans come at us harder than any other fan base, more so even than they a, Atlanta. They have More so than Atlanta. They have F-U-K-C shirts. Yeah, I mean, we live in their head rent-free, which is kind of nice. Um, it's unreal. I mean, Benny, Benny did it. The 2013 MLS Cup did it. Um, there was a preseason
2: fight before then that did it that Roger was involved in. Bro. We did knock them out of two competitions last year, so I didn't even think about that. Yeah, people were getting a little snippy with me because they were
1: they were talking about living in the past, and and I was like, y'all haven't won a cup. You've won one cup in your life, and it was in two thousand and nine. We've won four in the last six years, so I don't know what you're talking about living in the past. Um, but I don't know. Hmm. It's 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 a weird relationship we have with RSL.
2: It's weird. I saw someone post that gif from Mean Girls where, where what's her name was like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that feels like that's the way it is. Like, we don't
1: like Rachel RSL. We, we None of us like RSL. We we know that. But it's not like when RSL week comes up, we're like, if RSL, like, you know, it's just kind of like, a, oh, yeah, we yeah. start playing. And we're like, oh, yeah, we don't like these guys. They're kind of but dirty. I realize
2: I don't like Kyle Beckerman at all. Like, not one bit. Yeah. I mean, a few people do. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, what a, what a cock squeeze, dude.
1: He's such a dick. He's, he's not great. I mean, the little push he gave to Felipe it was just peak Beckerman. So, well, uh, right. I don't know. It, 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 weird things always happen when we go to Rio Tinto. I think we said that last time. Um, no, let's let's go through some of the things that happened here. We don't, like I said, we're, we're, let's let's not go too crazy and, and make ourselves depressed going through this. You know, minute by minute. But the uh, <laughs> the lineup that came out was was a bit interesting because we had Gideon Zalalem in the midfield, and then we had Botan Baroth pairing with Matt Beazler uh, and and Nico Hasler back there as well. Johnny Russell again out due to a minor injury. Um, I, Where where were you, where was your head as you saw this lineup come out and were you thinking, okay, this is, this is good or you're a little nervous?
2: No, you're super nervous. You're super nervous because we can't get a healthy team. Like when is, when are we going to have a full squad, bro? (laughs) That's a great (laughs) question. Don't die. Um,
1: (coughs) I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever have a healthy squad at this rate every time it seems like we're finally getting healthy someone else gets hurt botan got hurt this game we had to bring in fontas and we were already down two zero you're
2: subbing on a center back so um yeah I, I think i texted you i was like oh boy fontas is on game over yeah and and
1: you know what's weird and this is why you can't trust box scores or stats like you look at the the box score if you don't look at the, the actual score of the game, you, you look at you know the, sh- the shot chart, you look at the passing accuracy, you look at the possession like sporting KC doesn't look like statistically they were outplayed very much in this game. but then you look at um, you, you look at the the advanced stats. Uh, ben Baer always tweets out uh, from mlS he always tweets out the the XG expected goals charts. Um. after. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, after the game. And he just tweeted out, Sporting's in trouble, because if you look at the, the expected goals for this game, RSL had 1.86, which are right about the two they scored. Sporting KC had 0.47 expected goals, which numbers without context don't help a lot. Let me just tell you, that is terrible. That is like abysmally bad that you you, you have an XG of under no one. no goals. Yeah, I mean, that's...
2: No We goals. just created no quality chances throughout the entire game. So... It's not great. It was tough to watch, man. And when you get these late games too, like, bro, I took a nap. I conditioned myself for this game. And so I'm down there and I, I wish I wasn't. I was like, man, there's never been a game where I wish I wasn't. I wish I was watching something else. And that sucks, dude. And I, I can't be more excited to get back home and really have next, seven of our next 11 games at home. Because we got to roll with these points, man. man. And, and uh, the fans are hungry too, dude. The fans are ready to get back on it. Yeah. These, I mean, these, these, uh, this little home stretch that we got, um, it's huge.
1: I mean, this is the season. Some people are asking and we'll get to these questions. Is it time to pack it up and just give up? Not yet. I mean, we're not, not that far off from, from when we might get to that point, but, um, not yet, but you're absolutely right. Things got to turn around, um. And, and one of the things that has to turn around, and it feels like I've been saying this for years, so I don't know, but set pieces, set pieces still seem to be what kills us. We cannot defend set pieces to save our life. And it started here in uh, in the 15th minute of the game. Um, this is when they got their first goal. This is like straight off the training ground, but it's not even that advanced. One of, one of the RSL players sort of breaks off at the top of the box, runs away, Just wide open, no defender on him. Taps it back over to I think it's Beckerman who heads it right to the corner of the net where Sam Johnson just taps it home because Gideon Zalalem can't figure out how to cover the back post, and it just was terrible. No, I mean
2: nothing was good about that play. So yeah, that sucked. That sucked. I was just like, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm I'm tired of giving away, you know, semi early goals. I mean, if we can just put together a strong half regroup at halftime but uh it just doesn't work out man we we and i don't know what changes it i don't know if we got to pick up a summer signing because once halftime came around you didn't see Namath again it yeah. was the johan cross show which is equally terrifying yeah yeah and and you know the set you mentioned at halftime
1: Namath came off it was already 2-0 at that point because in the 29th minute um i think this was the worst play that i've ever seen matt Beesler make maybe um Oh my god. He he met, he messed up twice here. He just missed a Felipe pass on the ball. He just whiffed the pass. It just goes right by him. And then, uh, I, I want to say it was R- R- Rusnak, maybe, who got it for RSL, and Beesler tried to slide tackle him in sort of a last-ditch effort. Totally whiffed that, so Rusnak's now wide open. It becomes a three-on-one with Botan Barat, the only defender back there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just easy-peasy. It ended up being like a four-on-one, and RSL puts it right in the back of the net. There's nothing Melia can do there.
2: Um that's all. That's one of the biggest mistakes of Beasler's career, dude. I mean, we don't see him do things like that. And people have said Beasler's been like the worst player on our team. And I'm like, whoa, stop. For one, you haven't seen him enough because he's been injured. But I, I don't think I think he's far from the worst on our team, right?
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't say he's the worst on the team at all. I I I mean, generally speaking,
2: he had a bad game, right?
1: Generally speaking, our best center back pairing has been Beesler and, and Barat. I mean, that, that's been in my eyes the, when those two True. are on the field, that I was excited yeah, for they're it. the best. And and we had Hasler at right back, which people have been calling for Hasler to play in, instead. of As I Zuzsi. was excited for that. Um, you know, the only the only things that we were really missing in this lineup was Johnny, who was out because of injury, and then. I mean, obviously Roger in the midfield, but without with Roger being hurt, maybe Benny in there instead of Zalalem. But other than that, I mean, that's pretty much the first choice lineup. So, what's the injury update on Johnny? Um, that's a good question. I, I, I mean, I think there's a a real chance that he plays against LAFC. I don't know that he's totally off the injury report, but I think they were just being kind of cautious with him. There's some rumors out there, and by rumors, I mean conspiracy theories that um on some dark ends of of SKC twitter um i think we even got one in our mentions um asking about this um that what if johnny's not johnny, to be trained johnny's out tomorrow he's it's out tomorrow johnny's out tonight oh.
2: yeah but he could return saturday
1: okay well that's a little bit more of a grim update than i i had read last it was he was still questionable when i i'd seen uh last but so no johnny yeah he's questionable yeah. And Busio and Barat should be available. No Johnny against LAFC is is not great. Busio, that's huge. We we might need him. Um Barat being available, that's huge. We might need him. Um I don't know. This yeah. We'll uh let's finish up the RSL game here real quick. We're not gonna spend much more time on it because nothing else really happened other than Jerso almost scored but didn't. Um Melia had a couple of great saves, but you know, when it's down two zero, um it almost was three zero, but the, the third goal in the 84th minute got waved off due to being offside. But again, it was just terrible defense by Fontas to let a defender get behind him. Um, I don't know. This just overall was a really, really sucky game. And, and I don't, I, I don't know where to go to fix it from here. So it's, it's I'm tough. right there with you, man. Yeah. Um, you know, we did, uh, have some questions. Um, that I addressed the RSL game that I do want to get to, um, you know, Ian Siebert, um, he was the one who mentioned that he thinks Johnny's going to be sold within the week. And I was like, I don't know about that. That's that's, I, I doubt that, but um, he was the one who asked, is it time to throw in the towel and go full rebuild for the season? Um, you know, maybe let some swap guys get some in it. So I don't know. What What do you think on that?
2: You, you cut out on me on the last part. What, what, what would you, what you do ask you, uh
1: Do you think it's time to, to just throw in the towel and go full rebuild and just start giving Swope guys minutes? Or, or oh, what do you think?
2: No, no, no. Let, let's don't do that. Let's don't throw in the towel and go full rebuild. Don't throw in the towel at all. I mean, I did see something. Didn't someone say play a bunch of Swope guys? And I'm yeah. like, don't do that. Come on. The, the season's not gone. A couple wins, and you're still in the playoffs. Like, you're not out of it at all yes the season is officially at its halfway point but that just means there's a whole other season to go you put yourself in this position during half of a season now you claw and scratch and fight and crawl your way out of it yeah yeah i don't know i I, I, you know i think um
1: we also had a question and i apologize i'm having a hard time finding where it came from because it didn't come in our official question feed but someone asked also like do you think it affects players when um, Peter? sort of publicly calls them out like he did with Namath in in media. He, um, you know, someone asked him what the reason was for the halftime sub and and Peter said there was work to be done there. So we wanted to bring in somebody else that was going to give us the work. Do you think it's a problem that that Peter sort of publicly calls out these players in in the media? And do you think that might scare off players from coming? Or do you think he's just being honest and keeping it real?
2: I think you got to keep it real. And, And so much in soccer, nothing is real anymore. Like, and it's not just, this is the only instance I thought about today is because it was today, but they were trying to get an uh, an answer from Jill Ellis and Jill Ellis uh, in the USWNT game. And they were, she was literally like no comment. And like, she didn't want to talk about Megan Rapinoe's injury. And it's like, what, what good are you? Like, the fans want to know the the it's good media. Like, why is everyone so secretive all the time when it comes to things? So, I mean, for Peter to say stuff like that, but yes, you know, he keeps things under wraps as well. Like, he's not going to tell people the extent of someone's in- injuries. But to put him on blast like that? Hell yeah, man. Maybe it vo- motivates Namath uh, a little more. Maybe it gets him to... Maybe he maybe he falls out of the starting lineup altogether. And, and Peter makes a statement. I don't know.
1: Yeah, the one thing I'd say is, look, obviously, if you have your manager coming in week in, week out, and just bashing you in the media, that's not great. But, like... Yeah, the players know Peter better than we know Peter. And they know that when you know they're giving it their all, that he's he's got their back more than anybody. But they also know the demands that Peter Vermees puts on his teams. And if you're not going to live up to him, he's not going to be shy about yanking you. And I don't think any of us were surprised that when we saw Namath come out at the half, that after the game, he was like, yeah, it's because he wasn't good enough.
2: That's why I was got surprised the off. sub happened. I was like, whoa, another sub at halftime? What, what is going on? Who is this team? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like... Namath
1: knows when he subbed off at halftime, it's because he wasn't good enough. I don't think, you know, if his ego and his mentality is so fragile that Peter saying we needed someone to be better on the field, then you know what? You you probably shouldn't be playing a professional sport. Um, Burn. So I I don't think that's the case with Nemo. I don't think he, I mean, he, he's got quotes um, in, in a Sam McDowell article that that came out uh, on, on Tuesday where he was basically saying that he needs to be better. Um, and you know, I don't know. I mean, Peter even talks about, and I think this sort of addresses the concern of like, well, is he too harsh on the players? Is he says, you know, at this point, you got to have a big heart and a short memory, um, shying away from long-term repercussions for any player's bad outing. Because if you did, if you benched everybody long-term after they had a bad outing, at this point, Sporting KC would have zero players. So, uh,
2: true. We need a we need a team effort, man. And, and and if you want to win get back to winning ways, everyone's got to put in a good shift. You can't have just a couple guys making plays because when Gerso's doing good things, Beisler's making those kind of errors or you know I can't say a bad word about Ilia Ilya's is crushing it out there he's, he's like the glue that really holds things together sometimes but I don't know what I don't know what's gonna take man and like moving on to this laFC game and what shit dude it's double game week by the way two games and in four days dear god yeah yeah it's gonna be rough um
1: and you know peter says uh it's gonna start with self-evaluation with the players you know they're gonna have to look into them and and into themselves and, and see what's going on he was like you know we can all fake it out here you know you know it's okay to to have the the machoism and push out your chest and say you'll be fine, but are you really? What's in your head? It's different for every player. So I mean, really, he's challenging each individual player to be like, what's really going on, and, and, and dig deep and kind of correct it, because Peter can only do so much. So, um, I don't know, but he does end it. He says it's it's not like there's going to be some magic fairy that's going to come over and sprinkle some magic dust on the team and everything's going to be fine. Whoa. It's not going to happen. Seriously, we have to. Find I thought there to, was. surprise breaking news there's no magic fairy dust god damn Um, i'm
2: glad he tells it like it is
1: (laughs) why would he even say that (laughs) do you think that there's going to be some players who don't come now because there's no magic fairy dust Um, i don't know why did he even say that i I don't get it (laughs) well i think he says it because i do think some fans i mean it's sort of that fans always know everything until they actually have to be the ones making the decisions like that you you look on a lot of social media and, and fans think it's just so easy. Oh, you do this, you do that. Or what's Peter doing? You know, I could coach this team better for out. And, and, and it's not in reality, it's not that simple. Um,
2: yeah, it's so pretty silly. We've never once called for for head on here, but there are no. tons of people online that are all, all for it.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's silly. I mean, what is it? Eight straight years in the playoffs, four trophies in the last six or seven years finished first in the conference last year. Um, I, I just relax, relax. It's half of a bad season. We still might make the playoffs. There's a re- very real chance we'll make the playoffs. So calm. Let down, me ask
2: people. you this. Do we sign anybody in this transfer window? You think we finally go out and get a creative striker? I don't know who we sign. I think something happens.
1: Now, this is what I was going to say about, um, this transfer window and Sam McDowell has started to say that it is more likely sporting Casey will be active. Although he doesn't really know exactly what that means. I don't think you throw in the towel, but I also think there's a difference between throwing in the towel and starting a reboot. And what I mean by starting a reboot is this core that is aging, whether it be Zussi, Beasley, Espinoza, Sinovic, Failhaber, you know, those guys that have been around for a while. It's pretty clear they're not going to be the ones to carry this team anymore. Like their time has passed. So you can't reboot a team and reload in just one transfer window. So even if you're not making a move in this window for the second half of the season, you kind of got to think into next season as well, especially since it's so hard to make moves in the winter window when European teams are in the, the middle of their seasons. So I think sporting KC does something. They They got to start kind of reloading and getting a little bit younger for the upcoming seasons. I just don't know what that is. So we'll see, but we will see. I, would, I mean, and you know, if you get a decent offer for somebody like a Felipe or if you get a decent offer for someone like Johan um, and you can get some of the, I, I, I don't know. I think Sporting KC would look at taking those if it meant it'll help allow for other moves that can that can set us up better for the future. So I don't I don't have any inside information on that. So don't go freaking out saying that I'm saying Felipe's gone. I don't think he is, but um, I don't know. Or Johnny so. sold within the week. Yeah, Johnny. I don't think Johnny's going anywhere. Um, Someone said that, right? Who said that? Ian Siebert. He, he's, oh, he's, Ian he said that? theory. Yeah, so... He's kidding, told, right? He's just kidding. I hope so. I told him that's a take. We'll see. Um, I would, If you were a betting that's person... A, that is a thing.
2: I would not put money on that, so we'll just put it that way. Um, I mean, dude, come on. Is this injury legit? Or are they just holding him off because uh, right before they sold Dwyer, they tried to say he was... Uh, not able to play, and then boom, he was gone, right around the All Star break. Who, who? I just, I don't know.
1: I, I mean, Johnny's been in Europe. He's done that before. They know what he, he, he hit his ceiling over there. He's going to be thirty, and not that long. I just, I'd have a hard know, time bro. believing that Johnny would go back to Europe at this point. Um, especially no, maybe since he, he doesn't. Not, yeah. Maybe it's MLS. I don't know if Peter would do that. That's crazy. No, probably not. <laughs> um, but. You know, speaking of Peter, before we jump into this LAFC interview, um this match against LAFC will be his 400th match uh in all competitions uh, at the helm. So, just kind of a cool little tidbit. So, That's pretty cool. Should probably fire him. <laughs> congrats to Peter on making it 400 matches. Um You're fired. But anyway, we mentioned that we have an interview to play for you with Mark Rogan yes. LAFC Yes. This broadcaster. is so sick. So, (laughs) we, we spoke with him for about 20 minutes. So um, we're going to go ahead and throw that to you guys right now. And then we will be back with you to talk a little bit more about the U S men's and women's national team after the interview with Mark, but stay tuned and uh, enjoy our interview with LAFC broadcaster, Mark Rogandino. Welcome back everybody to no other pod. Uh, We have an exciting guest on the line for you today. Uh, Mark Rogandino, part of the LAFC broadcast team, is joining us, taking some time out of his day to join Dan and I. Uh, So, Mark, welcome to No Other Pod. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us.
3: I almost feel like you guys should uh, cue a little Darth Vader music right in there, because, you know, I mean, obviously uh, a Sporting Kansas City podcast, you guys are supporting the hometown team, and you bring in a guy from the quote-unquote dark side.
1: Yeah, and man, LAFC, yeah. they, are, they are something to behold this year. So we're, we're, we're going to get into <laughs> to all of that. Um, but hey, we do like hearing uh, from, from behind enemy lines, if you will, and, and we're just very appreciative for you, you taking the time out to talk to us today. So um, first off, for you know many of our listeners might know who you are and a little bit about your background, but but for those of, of them who don't, um, do you mind just telling our listeners a, a little bit about you and your past and sort of how you, you came to, to be where you are now?
3: Um, well, again, great to be on with you guys. time. Uh, soccer is the game that I grew up on and I grew up in Southern California down in San Diego. And, uh, if it wasn't maybe spending a little time at the beach as I grew up in San Diego, it was always about soccer since I was five years old, progressing all the way through playing collegially at San Diego State. And then um, when I got out of playing at San Diego State, uh, Jimmy Conrad actually, ex-Kansas City legend, was my teammate at San Diego State before he transferred to uh, UCLA. And I was nowhere near, I was a goalkeeper, so I was nowhere near being good enough to, to to make any money or have a long career playing in goal anywhere. I probably could have sat the bench in the old uh, USL at some point, but 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 that wasn't going to do it, so... I decided to get into the world of broadcasting. I was, I was one of those kids that always loved, uh, whether it was announcing the starting lineup for my brother and I battling on the basketball court in the backyard, or, uh, I was a huge fan of the San Diego Sockers and my love for professional started with the MISL and the NASL. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember the original Kansas City Comets and Yon yeah. Goosens and, uh, Alan, Alan Mayer playing in goal and, and, um, I grew up watching those teams, and I I played college soccer, and I decided to combine those two things. And after a few steps, I I found myself uh, working behind the scenes for then Fox Sports World, uh, helping produce English Premier League, highlights from leagues around the world. And I just kept bugging the, the show's producers. I said, you know, I played this game. I'm writing these shot sheets and making these scripts for these guys who are the challenge who have no idea what they're even saying. And I said, give me a shot, you know. And so every now and then they'd say, okay, you can voice this 45-second highlight. You can, you can voice over this uh, player profile. And, you know, you use that as a little bit of ammunition for the next thing, for the next thing. And lo and behold, in 1999, I got to become uh, the voice of the San Diego Steelers in their second coming. And the rest was history.
2: Very cool. Very cool that's awesome man the uh when did you start for lafc exactly
3: well uh this is only our second year obviously in major league soccer so uh i joined on last season and uh work as a work as a full-time pre and post-game host uh, and halftime host for the club uh if we are on our local tv which we will be tomorrow uh, for the game uh or later today against sporting kansas city then um I, I work for YouTube TV. We do about 21, 22 of the 34 regular season games, and then when it flips over to national TV, say for an ESPN or Fox Sports 1 game, then I jump over to ESPN Radio, our radio affiliate, and serve in a similar role uh, for that. So, you know, I'm around the club a lot, get a chance to be out of training, get to know the guys. Uh, we also, because we are on YouTube TV, we have our own channel and the ability to produce a lot of our own original content whether it be a match day show, a show showing you all the best calls from the previous month, um, player interviews, you know, little vignettes that uh, get you to know parts of the club, the, the culture, the organization better. Uh, so from time to time, I get to host like that. Too. Uh, it's been a great ride so far through a year and a half. And obviously winning uh, certainly helps that cause.
2: Yeah, Mark, I'll tell you the uh, LEFC's. Absolutely taking the league by storm. I mean, both on and off the field, uh, the atmosphere in stadium is always rocking. Um, the team's obviously on pace to set and break MLS records. What, what are the biggest reasons for LAFC's success, in in your your own words?
3: You know, I think I think the biggest reason. I'll start off the field. I think the biggest reason is that they started the culture. They started with the logo and the the mantra of. Uh, street by street, block by block, shoulder to shoulder, really not excluding anyone to be a part of this black and gold nation. They started that almost two years before they ever even played their first game. And um, Rich Orozco, who's basically the brains behind a lot of the branding when it first started with the club, you know, he, he just came back from a trip being over in Germany just now, learning from St. Pauli, the club over in Germany. But previous to that, he went over and spent time with the folks at Borussia Dortmund, a sister club of LAFC, and learn how they do things over there and how they build their culture. So they learn from other teams that have had success and been in existence for a lot longer than any team in Major League Soccer and use some of the things that they could take from those clubs and from those cultures and try and incorporate it into their own. Now, obviously, because Europe is a grander scale, Uh, it's not quite as big, but hopefully one day we all, not just LAFC, but, I mean, hey, you guys have the Calderon down there. I mean, that is a – you guys have something very special going down there, and I think once that new park opened and I think it lit – I've been there a couple times. I think it lit Kansas City on fire, and that too is also because of the on-field results, right? I mean, if the team is losing games, it's not as easy to sell out game in and game out. But when a team wins, gets chosen, and – uh, is having success on the field, then I think the other stuff comes along much, a lot easier. And I think that's that's been the case for LAFC so far. Who knows what it would have looked like this season if LAFC didn't do what they did in season one.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I just, I have to say on a personal note, I'm from LA. Uh, I was born and raised in LA. Uh, I went to USC right across the street from Bank of California Stadium. So I, I, I get to go back there. I've been to a couple games. Fight there. On. Yeah, fight on. There you go. Um Let's hope football goes a little bit better this year. Um, I, uh, I I I love the stadium. I love the atmosphere. Um, it's it's a huge improvement over what they had at the sports arena there before. Um, as somebody who gets to be involved with this club, and 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 as you mentioned, they've had such success on and off the field. What's your favorite part about watching this team
3: week in and week out? You know, I I I just I honestly the stadium. The stadium, as you just said, is amazing, and I get excited when we have home game days because it's part. And especially when we have a YouTube TV game, because I have the most incredible set to host the pre and post game show uh, that's at the south end of the stadium. That basically over my shoulder looks straight in gap at the north end with the 3252 serving as the backdrop, looking to downtown LA. Uh, these summer months when the sun starts to set right at kickoff the the 3252 just on their feet the entire time jump for LA uh you know the chance that they have the drums banging the it's just uh, the game days are so special at Bank of California Stadium and 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 hey unfortunately we've only lost one ge- we fortunately we've only lost one game there and unfortunately for us it came to you guys <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> our regular season game, I should say, but um, you know, it's just the game days and that stadium. It is, a, it is a crown jewel for Major League Soccer. There's, I, if you ask me, there's probably five of my of the ones I've been to. So, for example, I haven't been to the one SC Cincinnati is using this year. Uh, I haven't been to Allianz uh, in, in, for Minnesota. Uh, but I've pretty much seen every other stadium around Major League Soccer. And, you know, there is Kansas City. I love the additions that BMO Field did to Toronto. LAFC uh, with Bank of California. I think Providence Park is a great park. Um, you know, I really love Red Bull Arena, but it just happens to be way outside of downtown New York City, in, you know, in Harrison, New Jersey. But it's a fan, it's a fantastic stadium.
2: Yeah man, I think as we've seen, like stadiums really help a team's performance overall and and really helps fans get out there. Um, you know, you mentioned last year Sporting KC kind of had LAFC's number. I mean, we even met in the uh in the playoffs later and then gave you your only loss at home. This year's a whole different story. I mean, Sporting KC and LAFC obviously on opposite ends of the Western Conference right now. Um, SKC played LAFC to a close game at Bank of California Stadium earlier this year when they were in the midst of our uh, CONCACAF Champions League going on, but things for us have kind of fallen apart after that. Um, that being said, what do you what do you really expect from this game uh, tonight? Essentially, people listening on Wednesday here.
3: I would I would say you know I, I know that it's been a mixed bag of results and not not a lot of highs for Sporting Kansas City, but. There's too much talent on that team and if it wasn't going to be Greg Burhalter, I know Kansas City fans won't like hearing this. I was hoping it was going to be Peter Vermes to coach the US men's <laughs> national team because I, I, I think the world of Peter, uh, I've had many a candy conversation with him. I think he's a great soccer mind. I think he, I think he's, he has done, has done it right. The proof is in the pudding with what you know sporting Kansas City has been able to build under his guidance. And um, so, and then you add in the fact that the way that that first game of the season went and that LAFC won it late with the Adama Diamande winner, uh, I think a lot of those things make it really tough on LAFC. The one thing I will say is LAFC just suffered their second loss of the season at the hands of the Colorado Rapids, who have finally found themselves in Major League Soccer. So I think uh, this team is going to be angry, uh, and this team the highest-scoring team in Major League Soccer as far as goal output is also going to be looking to bang some goals in the back of the net. So uh, if, if I think we're in store for a great game. I think we're in store for a really good game. But like I said, I think Sporting Kansas City is just way too talented to have the results that they've had, and I would not put it out of their realm by putting a really solid run together and challenging for a good spot in the MLS Cup playoffs.
1: Well, man, I can tell you uh, Sporting KC okay. fans sure hope so. I know this, uh, as Dan mentioned, this the season is, has not gone quite as, as Sporting KC had hoped. And I know, it's been um, rough. you know, it's, it's not gone as Peter Vermees had hoped. But, you you know, you did mention um, that, you know, historically Sporting KC's had a lot of success. It's helped build the, the culture that's been in uh, Children's Mercy Park. Um, you, you know, as, as we start to wind Jimmy, down. Let me, Jimmy,
3: let me, ju- let me jump in there. Uh, sure. Let me jump in there real quick. And, I, and sure. I think it's one of the statements that you guys made is that that, um, that CONCACAF Champions League, our league is not – our league, unfortunately, is not because of the gap in January and February. That is, like, man, bargaining agreement. It's Unfortunately, it does, it's not conducive to our teams, A, being totally prepared for that knockout round of that competition. And I know that coaches put so much emphasis on it that – that we've seen it happen with Toronto last year, we saw it happen with Sporting Kansas City this year. Who knows how it's going to play out for for some of the elite teams next year? When you are focused on that international competition, you're not putting the spotlight, you're not putting the energy as as you probably should into beginning the MLS season the way you would really like to. And that's just that's just the way it is. Until that gets remedied somehow, I don't have the answer. But until that gets remedied somehow, that's gonna that's gonna be the way it is. And believe me, I want one of these MLS clubs to go and win that dang thing. You know, I want them to, to raise that trophy and, and take it out of the hands of these Liga MX teams. Um, and if it comes at a sacrifice of maybe missing an MLS Cup playoffs, I'm, I'd be okay with it if my club was the first to, to raise that CONCACAF Champions League trophy since they changed it over to, to CONCACAF Champions League from the, the CONCACAF Champions Cup.
1: Yeah, well, and put. I know there's a lot of uh sporting KC fans who are hoping that we we could do it, and and you thought you know we knew it'd be tough, thought maybe this team would would be able to make a run, and and I think they did us proud, and and they ran into Monterey, and you know, hey, the rest is history. Um, but um, right, right, you know, hopefully, I I totally agree. Hopefully, one day an MLS team uh, in the near future can can break through it and and lift that uh, that trophy, and and it very well may be LAFC the way that they're playing. Um. Just a couple more questions for you here, and and then we'll let you go. Um, You you mentioned how much you admire Peter Vermees, and we're hoping that he might take the national team job. Um, He's done a great job creating stability at Sporting KC when in a league where a lot of times there isn't very much stability. Is there anything that you hope, whether it's the LAFC front office or Bob Bradley, who's obviously very experienced in his own right, but might be able to look to Sporting KC or Peter Vermees as an example and implement at LAFC going forward?
3: Uh, I think the great word you use is stability, but you could probably add consistency into there, right? You, these are the type of coaches and the type of teams that they want to put out where you don't just have, uh, you know, you don't have a two or three year run where you're, you're an elite team in this league. And then you have to go through quote unquote rebuilding. These guys, these guys don't want to do that. And I think that, I think that more and more teams are structuring the way that they do things, uh, that, they want to be competitive. There is no rebuilding. They want to be competitive and they want to be challenging for a U.S. Open Cup, a Concacaf Champions League, an MLS Cup every single year, or at least, at least be in the conversation. You might be like, hey, you know, we are definitely going to have obstacles to get over over this year if we're going to make our way to an MLS Cup final, but but it's not out of the realm of possibilities, you know. And I think you look at you look at some certain teams, I would probably point to, like, FC Dallas, right? They had, they had a couple of really good years a few years back. And If you even go all the way back to when they played in the MLS Cup Final and lost to Colorado, I think it was 2014, I want to say. And, you know, they had some really good teams built there for a while. But then they, they would elect to sell off and get rid of players that were marquee players that had really come come up and started to really be – impact players in games, game in and game out, and they, they but they, they're a great youth system, but that doesn't mean you're going to, that means you're going to be like a fifth a fifth seed, a fourth seed all the time. You're not going to be a one and a two seed all the time like, like Sporting Kansas City, frankly, has been able to do over the last six years. Um, and so, I think that LAFC would hope they can have longevity, they can have uh, consistency in terms of what they do on the field, because I can tell you this, this fan culture is not going anywhere. People have embraced this. They love this team. And it is only getting bigger and bigger now that the word is out, Southern California, how fun it is to go to games and how special it is to be a part of it. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm seeing dads that are bringing their sons to the game. And we're doing pieces on, you know, guys that are like, hey, I want families that are like, we wanted to have something that could become a tradition in our family. And so it's going to be LAFC games for us. We've are gonna we got season tickets, and we don't plan on, on letting them go anytime soon. So uh, that consistency, that longevity, that ability to be a, a top-notch team on and off the field is certainly what not just LAFC want to do, but obviously a lot of clubs are striving for. And if you go around the league, guys, you go around the league and you talk to, to people, they're seeing it, right? They're, you know, they're seeing what LAFC has done, and not just the field aspect of it, but what they've done in terms of the culture, and, and we've had some huge, huge guests on as our color analysts on our YouTube TV stuff: Robbie Musto, um, Robbie Earl, who played 300 plus times in the Premier League, Warren Barton, Stu Holden. You know, we all. We do a rotating analyst for our TV coverage, um, and all these guys come in and they're like, "Gosh, you guys are just doing it right."
2: Very cool that's awesome man I mean laFC is yeah they've quickly become a household name I mean I think as as fans of the league in general we're all excited to see that but also as fans of the team who are about to play you guys not we, we, we don't uh, we don't like you of course <laughs> but I'll ask you I'll ask you one one last question here for you mark um, kind of you can kind of elaborate as you want but this game tonight what's is there any one thing like is there one player on LAFC that Sporting needs to shut down? Is there one player on SKC that just needs to play out of their mind? Uh, like, what needs to happen for SKC to get a result? Because LAFC isn't just a team of one player. I mean, it's you guys got names like crazy, and, and so does Sporting. So, I mean, is there one wild card in this needs to happen for Sporting I, I think, to get a result?
3: I, I think it comes down to the two strikers, right? Both teams have great, have, have great, great strikers. And whichever of those two might have the the better game, uh, I, I think. I mean, yeah, Carlos Vela is the odds on favorite halfway through the season to be the MVP, right? I mean, he's on he's on pace to to beat the record that Joseph Martinez broke last year, which had been which had been there for you know Chris Wondolowski tied it, but no one had beat that mark for forever. And so, a single season goal scoring mark. So. For me, it's, it's, it's about the strikers, but if you want to dig a little bit deeper and talk about LAFC, uh, we have a young Colombian in the central midfield. His name's Eduardo Atuesta, and he's not getting the recognition he deserves, but this guy is a true ball winner. He is very skilled with both feet. Uh, he is the reason that Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Adama Diamande, Christian Ramirez – Uh, Lateef Blessing, he's the reason that those guys get into the attack and get in the positions that they get. Because sideline to sideline, he covers a ton of territory. He's our true number. He plays like our true number six, uh, sitting in front of the back four, robbing the ball, getting it into spots for more talented, uh, maybe more uh, dynamic guys to get into scoring positions. So keep an eye on him. Uh, He missed out in the game against Colorado because he was a little dinged up, so I'm hoping that he's good to go. Of the game, and uh, he's, he's he, I, his his partner in the midfield, Mark Anthony K, is just coming back from Canada, so I don't know if he'll be available for the match or not. But the two of them are just stellar. They're if, if you ask me, and they don't get the recognition, but they are just stellar in terms. They're the one of the best two central midfield. We play four three three, so you can't actually say central midfield, but that midfield role they play. Rotating between a number six and a number eight. Watch them and how effective they are.
1: Very cool. And you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Latif Blessing. I just I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. You know, that's still an open wound for for Sporting Kansas City fans <laughs> losing him to LAFC. So um, it'll it'll be fun to see him back on the field at Children's Mercy Park. Hopefully, we just wish he was wearing Sporting blue. So. Um. I, I,
3: I always uh, I always refer to him and I don't know what you guys if you got a nickname for him in, in Kansas City but I always refer to him as our, our spark plug or our energizer bunny because the guy just does not stop and what has been amazing about him this season is Bob Bradley's asked him to play in three different positions and he's been stellar in all of them. He's, he's played right back for us he's played in the midfield and we, and we pushed him up top, of course, to attack. And he has just been – he originally started as a guy coming off the bench, but he has quickly within five games of the season worked himself into a starting role, and he hasn't left it since.
1: Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, exactly how we described him when he was here, too, with Kansas City. So, um, hopefully you guys are taking good care of him out there in L.A., um, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast with us. I know you mentioned LAFC plays a 4-3-3. That's what Sporting KC plays. Neither of these teams are one to let the game come to them. I, I think we're going to see a, a fast-paced, open attacking game. So hopefully it's a good one for us. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, we, we're just so appreciative that you were able to come on with us today. So thank you very much.
3: Anytime, guys. I'm, I'm happy to do it again. If we uh, indeed happen to meet up in the MLS Cup postseason, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see where it takes us. Best of luck to, in the matchup.
2: Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mark.
1: All right, guys, and uh, welcome back after listening to that interview. <laughs> that was pretty cool, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. I uh I mean, I never talked to him personally on the phone before. Um I texted nah. with him a little bit to set up the interview, but I mean, he was so nice, so patient with us. Um gave us a bunch of his time. We didn't expect to talk to him for that long. I was thinking maybe 10 minutes, but
2: Yeah. Yo, let me tell you this. Uh this isn't us. This isn't us begging him for an interview, all right? Let's just say his people reached out to us. Little peek behind the curtain right there. We got an email from this dude's agent <laughs> that yeah. said, "Hey, you know, do you want to interview this guy?" And we're like, oh, "Sure."
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're, sure could comes at a better time, I guess. It was a marketing manager who reached out for us, and it was it was pretty perfect, and we were very excited, and we had the technology all lined up, and and so the, if there was any little yeah. bits of cutting out at times, you know, we apologize for that. We're we're, we're figuring this out, but I think you know I, we we got just about all of it in there. So
2: that was crazy. Um, and I will tell you, he. He thought he knew us. He thought he had met us before. <laughs> and uh, the dude's very busy. He has other interviews set up. And we said, No, no, you have not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was kind of funny. He was like, I think I've met you guys before, right? In the bank. This was before we were recording. And and we were. He like, said the bank. And I was like, You bank at PNC? Uh, okay,
2: yes.
1: Yeah, so I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, am I, like, do I have Alzheimer's? Like, did I just forget? Like, what happened? <laughs> um, You're the only one who's been to that stadium. I was like, Oh, not me, bro. Yeah. and And, and I was like, No, we're a a podcast based. We're Sporting KC podcast based in Kansas City, and he was like,
2: "Oh, okay, cool. Glad I figured that out before we started the recording." Yeah, man, this dude. And I know we should have done it in the the interview, but I know you could go follow him on Twitter. It's uh, at m Rogondino, R O G O N D I N O. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then he said he's very he's pretty active on Instagram too. Um, I think he said his handle was at the real Rogo
1: on instagram so I is it confirm yep, that the real before... rogo yep there you go i should have confirmed it's that confirmed. before uh, i went to the air with that but yeah there you go so follow him on twitter and instagram um he does lafc pre and post game shows like he said
2: so um, how cool was that dude and this this just sucks now because we guys we've now set the bar and we now have to raise the bar. We now have to bring you this kind of premium content. So if y'all know any other marketing managers that want to reach out to us and have us interview <laughs> their people, we're more than happy to do so. But we we got some things planned on the horizon. This is this is good shit, man. That was exciting stuff. Yeah. And
1: uh, it got me excited for this game. I mean, this is going to be uh, really? potenti- potentially potentially a bloodbath is what I was going to say. But um, I- <laughs> It's a massacre. I it's 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 the the red wedding, um, but oh no! I, I think uh, I think this is going to be like I said in the interview a fun wide open game. So I, I'm excited to see if nothing I else, fi- so. finally some good soccer
2: played on Children's Mercy Park's field. That's um. <laughs> kind of where I'm at. I'm like, okay, I'll probably see some Carlos Vela bangers or you know some sweet thing. They will be missing Walker Zimmerman and their goalie uh, Tyler Miller, so they got that going for them
1: yeah but i mean and they're coming off that loss to colorado like you mentioned but
2: um did you hear him say that he goes so they're gonna be like fired up and ready to <laughs> smash in some goals and i'm like god damn it mark don't say that don't say that
1: well and when you asked him about um you know who's like a player to watch and, and then you were like well they got a lot of players so he's like that? listing. Off- i said who's
2: the wild card you know
1: Yeah, he started listing off. I mean, obviously, they got Carlos Vela, they got Diego Rossi, they got Diamante, they got Superman Christian Ramirez, who everyone knows how much I love him. Um, They got Latif Blessing. And then I I cried a little inside when
2: he said Latif. You know what I almost did? I almost said, Hey, I bet you don't know Latif enough to follow him on snapchat and get shirtless pictures <laughs> <laughs> i bet i bet mark has never done had that happen and you know uh, i should have said that we're, we're taking up too much of his time though i didn't want to go off the rails yeah but um, he was in la traffic it was crazy i
1: you know then he started listing their midfielders though and i was like Aduesta, mark anthony k and i was just like oh my god this team never ends like it's stacked. <laughs> it's stacked man And and you know what's even crazier they're only using two of their three dp spots they can bring in a third dp what uh, cuz they that's s- why we're about to sell johnny to them <laughs> they sold uh, Andre horta back to portugal so now they only have diego rossi and <sighs> carlos vela so they could bring in a third dp and someone was telling me they were th- like you know they could bring in somebody like daniel sturridge who's been playing for liverpool who's 29 and and he kind of lost his spot this year but man you bring in a 29 year old who who has scored goals in the epl and put him into the lafc system like please no my god
2: my god dude this is this team has everybody i mean and he couldn't though he really couldn't answer the question i was like is there one player that you are going to watch and he was just like you know i mean obviously the strikers who's going to put the goals away and i'm like well ours isn't doing what yours is doing so (laughs) bye-bye so game over Uh, see you later yeah but again just thank you so much to mark um we loved having him on oh man um and hey we could have him back dude he he, uh he said he'd be back he'd be uh happy to come back sometime so yeah if there you go we're basically best friends now we'll probably go up to (laughs) la and and hang out in his in his home you know yeah he gave me a little fight on
1: from for uh usc in there so that made me happy he did Um, i about said roll tide but i didn't yeah oh good thing you didn't um would have been weird it would have been weird so anyway (laughs) Um, let's, uh, you know, we only got a little bit more time here. So I want to hit a a few highlights here before we talk, uh, some, some national teams.
2: Here's one highlight for you real fast. We play the Chicago fire this weekend. We could do a whole other podcast on that game. Do you what do you see coming out of the Chicago fire game? Can we, is that a winnable game way more than the LAFC game? Obviously. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there you go. The the fire,
1: the fire for, for lack of a better phrase are a dumpster fire.
2: Uh, I mean, they, they should just be the Chicago dumpster fire at this point. Um, I dig that. And they got names too, man. They got they got Nemanja Nikolic. They got Dax McCarty, Bastion Schweinsteiger. I mean, there's no reason they should be having these struggles on occasion. Well, their coach is is maybe not the greatest coach. And Nikolic
1: has not been informed this year. Katai is out of contract after this year. I was just reading a Paul Tenorio article earlier today saying that the fire might be sellers this transfer window it might be time to kind of just reboot the fire as well. Cause Nikolic is out of form and he's out of contract after this year and he's expensive. Katai, you don't need a guy like that. If you're going to be as bad as the fire have been Basti is just loving roaming around the United States, taking pictures of himself, smiling in parks because that's all he posts on his Instagram and Twitter anymore. It's just happy to be in New York, happy to be in Chicago. And he's just loving life in America. Um, mccarty's right. a little older i just I, I don't think the fire have it in them this year so i think that's a winnable game
2: but we'll see cool i just want to touch that real quick because it's I'm people be like you didn't talk about the fire game bullshit we did at minute 54 or whatever it is <laughs> um the other thing i just want to make note of real quick is uh um
1: the latest uh, sporting legend has been announced uh josh wolf will be the 10th player to be given the honor um He had 43 club goals, um, or league goals, excuse me, for, for sporting KC um, and 26 assists. So he'll be inducted into the sporting legends, uh, on the July 20th game against FC Dallas. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Pretty cool. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the U S men and then we'll finish with the actual good team, the U S women, um, (laughs) <laughs> the u.s men play played in kansas city last wednesday i think it was after our podcast came out so um it was a pretty decent turnout in kansas city i don't think
2: you were there but what did you sort of get the vibe of of, of the crowd on tv yeah i mean it's uh i didn't the vibe of the kansas city turnout yeah i mean they had uh, almost eighteen thousand people show oh, i got for the you. game i had it on mute so i could have my beats bumping i have my music on but uh <laughs> You know, it looked cool. It looked like we had a lot of people there. So that was, uh, and that was nice. And hey, while people thought they saw a real boring game of like a second choice lineup. Hey, you witnessed a, a bicycle kick. And that's pretty cool to see in person.
1: Technically, if you want to
2: get technical, it wasn't
1: a bicycle kick. It was an overhead kick.
2: Okay. Well, they called it a bike, yeah, didn't they?
1: Well, they're wrong because his plant leg didn't come up before his kick leg. He just kind of fell backwards. But I'm getting you a know little... What? I'd <laughs> like to see you do it. I'd like to see you do it. Um... Josie wouldn't talk to us after the game. He blew us all off. We were all there in the mix zone waiting to talk to him, and he just went right on by and did not want to talk to any of the media. So uh, that was kind of a bummer. Um, but that—that that Matt Miazga was super nice. Uh, hes He sat there and talked to us for a long time. So I was like, hey, I kind of like new, nice. new respect for Matt Miazga. Um, but yeah, so... One zero win there and then went on to uh to play curacao um in, in, in the quarterfinals, um, beat them one zero. Didn't necessarily look great, I thought, against them either. And this was a first choice lineup. So
2: I don't know. Just kind of eh, not great. So not great. I, I don't I, I can see I can see the U.S. getting to the final, but I, I can't see them winning the final. I think everyone thinks it's gonna be U.S. and Mexico and then you got people saying, like, oh, I can't believe the men would make their Gold Cup final on the same day as the Women's World Cup final. And it's like, wait, there's a time difference, you putts. You can watch both, <laughs> and it's not taking anything away from the women's game at all. Watch both. I'm going to watch both. What the hell's the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? We Why gotta are people get people so angry. We... we get angry about everything. It's it's unbelievable. We got to get past Jamaica first, which might be difficult. Yes, <laughs> Jamaica <laughs> so... me crazy with all your damn dumb takes. Yeah, I saw
1: someone on Twitter. Um, a, a friend of mine, he just tweeted out U.S. Meh national team. That's that's what he called him after beating Curacao. So yeah.
2: that was kind of that's funny. pretty funny. So could have been like Alexandria or Ocasio Cortez who put hashtag. U S W M N T. Hey, you know what? She tried. She tried. I was like, "What? What? what what's, what's she doing?
1: Throwing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there? What? What is she doing?" You know what? It's it's better than what RSL tried to do with the weird Kansas City Wizard of Oz thing going on. They are they saying Dorothy. their players
2: are dwarfs? Like those are the lollipop kids in the damn trees, right? Yeah, and that was munchkins? their players. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The munchkins.
1: Yeah, and they misspelled Dorothy and oh my god <laughs> it was odd who's in charge of that damn account up there unbelievable i don't know um but, but that oh, was we weird know. um it was probably a drunk mike Petke who tweeted that he got home he's like i have a really good idea and then he just i mean i loved
2: all the i loved all the photoshopping and everything like that but <laughs> i was like why does benny have to be the little dog <laughs> <laughs> um, that sucks why is benny toto
1: well let's talk about the good national team, the women, um, who have been making every you talk about ah. Jamaican me crazy, they've been making everybody else outside of the US crazy, particularly England and particularly Piers Morgan, um, who we will we will talk about here in just a second. But they beat France. <laughs> they beat France two one because Megan Rapino is the GOAT. And she uh she basically put the team on her back and, and, and helped uh lift the US past France and then She didn't start, like you mentioned, because of an injury against England. But uh, Kristen Press and Alex Morgan uh, helped the U.S. uh, move past England 2-1. And Alyssa Nair coming up huge in the net, stopping the PK. Um,
2: Big time. That's great.
1: Tell me, what are your thoughts on the U.S. ladies?
2: My thoughts are you and I need to get out to that watch party on Sunday, man.
1: Yeah, it's going to be nuts, man. Power and light i saw the highlights from today i was at work all day or two we're recording this on tuesday i i I saw the highlights and i was at work all day but i was like man it is nuts out there i wish i could be there so
2: it was cool my my thoughts are that it's uh it's fun i think everyone they were the favorites everyone expected them to be in this position but they're playing hard and uh i think they're still the favorites to win it all so very uh very fun fun stuff Yeah, my favorite thing was when Alex Morgan Morgan, uh, sipped the tea after
1: scoring, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, of course. I love this.
2: Did you see that when they were getting on the bus to go to the stadium, she was like sipping out of a cup and did that same freaking thing? It's almost like she knew. She's like, I'm going to do that as a celebration later, which I wish she would have done a birthday cake blowout. I wish she would have blown out the candles because it was her birthday, and she became the first player to score in a World Cup on her birthday. Yeah, I think that's super cool. Pretty cool. Um, Why didn't they celebrate with the cake? Blow the candles out. Like that's that's amazing.
1: Well, because of all the the crap that England's been talking, and they had that that oh, headline of the Daily Mail. I think it was. It was like is the U.S. too arrogant? And Piers Morgan's out there tweeting about how the lionesses yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: are going to put a dent in their pride. And bro, Phil Neville did all this though. Phil Neville really he wanted the media to make it a distraction, and he's a dick anyways. He's one of the most hot headed players there ever was. Yeah, and. Uh, he was all about stirring the pot and it did not work. So fuck you, Phil. <laughs> yeah. My, my one of my favorite tweets. You Everton I saw,
1: bitch. <laughs> hey now. Uh one of my, my my Man United bitch too. My, one of my favorite tweets I saw was Our Morgan is better than your Morgan. And it had a picture of Alex Morgan and then just a drunk passed out sunburned Piers Morgan. Um <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was pretty fun. Um but man, this, this team, it's just, we didn't even have Megan Rapino, and you were right. Jill Ellis was being really weird about it. And people were wondering, is this disciplinary or is there something else going on? But, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm super excited to to see them move on to the final at this point. As of the recording, we don't yet know if they're playing Sweden or the Netherlands, but whichever it is, it's going to be an awesome they game. They beat Sweden in the group stage, right?
2: They did, but Sweden knocked us out of the Olympics so okay it's uh yeah well i'm just i'm worried about this year so sweden would look for some revenge i think i'd rather face the netherlands to be honest um netherlands are sneaky good they won the women's euros i want to say so they are good but sweden will have that revenge aspect and like they've already played us once so they can tweak things and 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 fix it you know yeah yeah so whatever happens it'll be a fun time hopefully we'll see you down at
1: no other pub uh sunday at 10 a.m to watch that game
2: you think you're gonna go uh yeah probably we'll be there so oh shit do it man let me know because we're gonna try to get there early and uh and get a spot yeah it'll be pretty cool
1: so um but yeah man that takes us up right up to that hour mark and
2: uh it's about all i got so unless too you cool. have anything else too cool Thanks again to Mark Ronaldino. I mean, that's just super cool for him to come on here. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch with him in the future. And we're excited for for what's to come. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Thank
1: you guys so much for listening. And, and, and like Dan said, thanks to Mark for joining us this week. Uh, make sure you follow us at No Other Pod, uh, at Dan DanCoozer at JC Max03. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash no other pod. You can send us an email at no at gmail.com keep an eye out. We might have a way to accept voicemails coming out soon. So yes, keep an eye on the Twitter segment. Uh, you can, you can have some rants or, or raves or whatever you want to do. Some, some coups chaos. We're thinking maybe might be a new oh, segment. So uh, you patented it <laughs> um, chaos with a K, but keep an eye out for that and uh, make sure you leave us that five star rating and review. But uh, until then he's Dan, I'm Jimmy. This is no other pod. Thank y'all for listening.
2: See ya. Everton, bitch. You